Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and today's episode is brought to you by IDEA, the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association. You can enroll at ideadance.org. Joining me today is the fabulous Regold. How are you, Re? I am excellent and really happy to be with you, Stacey. It's always fun to chat. And our last episode, we were talking about something that was coming up with you every time you were talking to a dance teacher this week. And this episode is something that's happened to me. Every time that I've been talking to small business owners who I work with, who I coach and consult, they have been talking about being too busy, having too much to do on their to-do list. And when I dive into exactly what that means, it means that they're actually doing things that are not jobs that I believe in their zone of genius, not jobs that are really lighting them up, not jobs that they're actually really good at. They're doing a lot of jobs and have a lot of things on their to-do list that are jobs that they're doing just because they, they've always done it. And so they continue to do it. And so I've been challenging these small business owners that I've been working with to have a look at their to-do list and to try and figure out what things on that list they can delegate. And boy, are they having trouble with this task. And they have every excuse under the sun as to why they know they have to be the person that does that job because nobody else can do it just like they can do it. And as, you know, as small business owners, this is, this is, this is where we get to run into trouble because there are only a certain amount of hours in the day and we only have a certain amount of energy to give to our days. And sometimes that to-do list is just overflowing. And I thought, I bet there's some dance studio owners out there who are thinking exactly the same thing. My to-do list is too full. I do not have enough hours in the day to get all of this stuff done. And I think I'm right. What do you think, Ray? I think you are absolutely right. But I think this is something in the back of uh, especially newer studio owners' minds when this topic is brought up. How much will that cost me? Mm-hmm. So I, I I bet you there were a couple of people who were thinking that when it came to the topic of delegation, I can't do that because I can't afford to do it. Mm-hmm. So I challenge all of our listeners to just answer this question. What do you think your hourly wage is worth? Are you a $50 employee? Are you $100 per hour? What was your first answer going to be, Stacey? Oh, I just giggled because I thought, are all of our dance studio owners taking home a a wage? And have they all thought about exactly (laughs) what they're worth per hour? Because I know in the early days of my business, I definitely... Firstly, I was not taking a salary for myself and that was mistake number one. But secondly, I didn't think my time was worth that much because it was my business and I was the owner and so I should work for nothing, right? Mm. That was the mentality I've learned since then. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm glad you've learned. This is what I want to say. If, if I can get in the States your uh, pay structure may be different in a different country or Australia – But if I can have a person collate, I can have a person sort through costumes, I can have a person lay out my 
annual program book that makes me a big profit and spend $12 an hour on that person. And that frees me up. Uh, and I'm for our listeners, I'm going to say you're a $60 an hour uh, employee. And for that $60 that you're getting paid, you're already working on the following year's show, mm -hmm. the summer programs that are going to generate more income, mm -hmm. the marketing that you wish you were doing, but you didn't have time. So when you're talking yourself out of having that help, think about how much more income you could generate if you were the creator of all of these ideas and concepts and income generating things, and you were paying a wage to other people to actually make them happen. Now, Stacy, I didn't cover the psychological part of letting it go yet. That's okay. We can get to that. But I think but, that's a really important numbers numbers experiment to run in your head because the $12 an hour, you know, it might take that person five hours to do something that you were going to do that would only take you two hours, but you're still coming out on top in that case. Oh, yes. Especially if you spent a couple hours working on the new summer program that was going to generate $2,500 during mm -hmm. that time because someone else was taking care of this job that you've moved on from so that you can keep these employees paid. You're the creator and they make the things happen. Absolutely. But we, some, so many of us get stuck in the doing, right? The doing of all of the things. And there are things that in my dance studio that I was continuing to do because I thought as the owner that I was the person that had to do them. I thought I was the person that had to do the social media because it was my account, because it was my business. I thought I had to be the person to replace the toilet paper in the bathrooms because it's my business. And of course I should be replacing the toilet paper. The, the list goes on of all the things that I should be doing because it's my business. But when you get stuck in the shoulds and doing all of the things that you think you should be doing, there is no time to innovate. There is no time to come up with a brand new summer schedule. There is no time to put on a one-off event that is, you know, a that's based around the theme of a movie that's coming out in three weeks' time. There's no space in your brain to create any of those things. And then that's when you're going to run into trouble with your business and things are going to stagnate. But those things, you, uh, you, don't, you need brain space to, to innovate those things and you don't have it when you're busy replacing the toilet paper. I just wonder, I mean, this is when you first said that, I wondered it and I wondered it again. What made you or what our listeners, what makes you think you do need to change the toilet paper? I, I know that we could smile at that question, but what is it in our head that says, I have to do that? Like, you know, other people could change the toilet paper, right? Mm -hmm. Or will they not do it as good or... <laughs> What what is the? It seems like I'm a silly example, this. but it's it's true. It it's true, and I don't know whether um, 
I don't know whether I'm doing it because I think that other people can't do it as well as me. But there are there are other parts of my business that I would think. Okay. In terms of you know doing my Facebook posts, I can I know exactly what they should the posts should look like. I know the tone of the copy that is being used in the post. I know what time I should be scheduling it. Things like that that will mean that I want to keep doing that job because I think that nobody else could do it like me. The toilet paper, perhaps some pe- other people could do that. Okay. <laughs> but there are, you know, these are two examples of things that I no longer do in my business. I'm no longer changing the toilet paper or doing the Facebook posts because I was able to to delegate. So that's that. it. Tell our listeners especially on that social media, Facebook, because I think there's people who could relate to that. What made you jump over the hump and say somebody else can do it? How'd you set it up that confidently you could push it aside? So this is what I say to my coaching clients. You need to make a list of exactly how you want it done. So whether that's changing the toilet paper or whether it's doing the Facebook posts, you need to pretend that there's an alien coming down from a UFO that's got no idea how to run your business or what to do. And so you need to step it out in as clear, plain English as you can. Step one, log on to Facebook. Step two, choose this photo that needs to look like this. Step three, choose from these 16 different examples and copy and paste that. you know, choose these hashtags that I've pre-prepared for you. If you think you're talking, like think about talking to the alien, the alien's got no idea what Facebook is. If you really step out that job, and of course people will be going, I don't have time to sit down and write down how to do a Facebook post. It's just quicker for me to do it myself. But if it's quicker for you to do it yourself, you're going to be doing it forever. And if you really want to be able to free up that brain space to be able to innovate and create new things in your business, you need to start with the list. So you create yourself that list of all of the things that need to be done in order for it to be done as well as you. And then the second list that you create is a list of all the things that you could be doing in the time that you're spending doing Facebook posts. So you've got two lists in front of you. One is a list that you can easily hand to somebody else in your office or hand to one of your teachers or hand to a new hire that will explain exactly how it needs to be done. And then the second list is all of the incredible things that you could be putting into action during that time that you're now no longer doing the Facebook posts or replacing the toilet paper. <laughs> and, and you, you, ooh, this is how it was hard for me to express <laughs> there for a second. A point that you brought up is that you're giving them the examples, use one of these, you're taking the time to transfer this position with giving enough information that you'll be satisfied with the end product. There are a lot of people who might delegate that and say, well, look at my posts and give me that vibe. Good luck to you. Off you go. Right, right. And that isn't the way that it works. And that what you're getting paid for is the ability to create that job description, the ability to give the information that they're going to need to be successful at the job. And I have to say this because, you know, I only in the last year or so have got other people involved in my social media. 
We also have to open our minds to actually saying to the social media person, what do you think we should do? Because in the last year or so, I've had, uh, I'm currently running these uh, faculty baseball cards for my conference. So everybody's headshot is a baseball card and it has their stats on it. Now, I wouldn't have done that in a million years, but I said to the guy who works with me on social media, I got to do something different other than just put out a headshot. And this guy's into baseball and he came up with that. And I said, you know what? They're a team. It's Team Revive. Mm -hmm. And that came because I was open to letting them contribute. It didn't have to be only my way. That's a point that we all have to accept. <laughs> we may not always be as good as we think yeah, we are. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's really important, Ray, because I, I know people worry about delegating things in their business because they, they fear that the job will never be as good as they do it themselves. And you're right, maybe we're not as good as we think, but also – if it means that we're no longer doing the job, I think other people with the right instruction are willing to get to at least 80% of what we think we would do. And then as leaders, we have a choice then of whether we just help them, we educate them to get from 80 back up to 100. And in that process, they learn and we learn as well. Or... Sometimes 80% is good enough. And Terry taught me that. Terry's very wise. But that 80%, you've got to be okay with 80% on some things in your business. If people refill 80% of the toilet rolls in the bathrooms, I'm okay with that. If my Facebook posts look 80% like I would do them, I'm okay with that. If the handbook for the recital goes out at 80%, then we're in trouble because if there's wrong information about what time kids have to be picked up and dropped off, that's not okay. And so in that case, I would let, I would help the person doing the handbook get from okay, 80 to a hundred. I was going to say. So, so in that case, uh, I'm thinking that you'd let them work on the handbook, but before that handbook went anywhere, that you would scan that handbook and either make adjustments or explain to them the areas that they need to cover mm -hmm. and now you could get the hundred percent even though you delegated the job you delegated the 80 percent and in the moment you might go oh I should have just done this myself but actually that person's gone and spent five hours on it and that's five hours that you've had back to yourself to be able to innovate new programs mm. and and or not even just spend that time working, Ray. Sometimes the most valuable thing we can do is go for a walk, have a bubble bath. As leaders and managers in our business, we need to do things that are filling ourselves up so we can then serve the people that we are in charge of. So if somebody else is putting the handbook together, then it's okay if you are taking some time for yourself to give yourself some breathing space in order for you to create new things for the business. Okay, so what do you say to the listener who's listening right now and say, well, you talked me into doing something else while I pay this girl $12 an hour, so I don't feel guilty about that. But if I go for a walk 
and I'm paying somebody to do the work I could be doing. Now I feel guilty. Now I feel guilty. I had trouble even just saying it. (laughs) Well, these things have to start in in small incremental steps. And I talk about this a lot with the women that I, because I work primarily with women, primarily with mothers. And there's a, you know, let's talk about guilt. (laughs) We talk about mothers running their own businesses. What I say is we start with small increments. So, of course, if somebody is going to write your recital handbook and that frees you up for five hours, you're not going to have a five-hour bubble bath. You might work for four hours and 30 minutes and then you might spend 30 minutes doing something that really lights you up. And then next time it might be 45 minutes and then it might be an hour and then you might go for a massage. And then, you know, self-care for people means different things and different things – will make you feel good. If going for a massage while somebody else is writing your handbook will make you feel terrible, don't do that. (laughs) If you need to spend that time sitting down and and going really hard at at your full schedule, then do that instead. But it is okay for you to use that time to fill yourself up because we're also creative people, Re. If we want to get into a studio and to be able to put together incredible choreography – that doesn't happen if we're stretched to the limit. That doesn't happen if we don't have time to be inspired, time to to create. And I think that creation time, well, for me, definitely, it comes when I go for a walk or it comes when I have a bubble bath or when I'm in the shower or when I'm doing things that aren't necessarily work-related. So I once had a teacher <laughs> – I have to tell you this, Ray. I once had a teacher who said um, <laughs> that he got inspired – in the grocery store that he heard a piece of music in the grocery store when he was buying his groceries and he heard this music and he's dancing up and down the aisle and he's going, oh, I really like this. We're going to use this for a competition piece. And then he wanted to be compensated for that time in the grocery store. He wanted to be paid for that time that he was inspired. I was like, hmm, how do I say this? No, (laughs) you are paid for the time you're in the studio. But as you know, leaders and managers of our business, we need to find times when we can be working really hard and times when we can not be working hard in order to be creative and time to do our groceries as well. And let's say that as we're heading into our, I'm not going to say back to normal world, I'll call it the new world. Let us not forget, especially here in the States, how much we appreciated as dance people the time we did have with our families and the people we got to know better and the neighbors we got to have a conversation with because we were not in that all day, every day rat race. We were forced to stop because of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. We've all experienced that. Let us not go back to that rat race, whether you're a delegator or you're not a delegator. People who are artists and business people, you have to nourish that soul. And there comes a point where you hit a roadblock and nothing's working for you. And when that happens, the, it's, the reason it happens is because you went nonstop. Mm-hmm. You never gave yourself time to refuel to wake up the next morning and be ready to go because you stayed up all night long trying to finish a job yeah so true it's so important 
and and knowing that in our team as well. So knowing that in our teachers that they mm. also need time to be creative and to have time to themselves. And so when you're thinking about this list of things that you no longer want to do that's on your to-do list, and I do encourage you to think about a stop doing list, and I make one every, you know, every month or so. What are the things that I've been doing in the last month that I want to stop doing and delegate to somebody else? If you haven't made a stop doing list, I encourage you to do that. Oh, I, I love that. Did you say that in this podcast earlier, a stop doing list? No. Do you, have you not made a stop doing list, Ray? I have not made one, but I think when we're done, I'm going to make a stop doing list. You should. I, I hope uh, this isn't our last podcast. No, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think it's such an important task to do. And what I do is I go back through my notebook or my to do lists that I've used for the last couple of weeks, and I look at those things that stayed on the list. You know, day after day, mm. those things that I was really hesitant to do because if they stay on the list because I'm avoiding them then that's one of the first things that needs to go on my stop doing list and somebody else needs to do because clearly I'm a I'm not very good at it b I don't enjoy it and c there's probably somebody on my team who would enjoy it and who would be good at it and who am I to deprive them of that joy <laughs> in doing right. that thing on my list and so the other thing to think about is you have you already have as dance studio owners you already have an incredible team of people that work with you mm-hmm. and perhaps People have skills and interests that you don't know that they have. So when I first did this in a really big way was when I was pregnant with Henry, who's my third baby, and I literally just brain dumped a heap of things that I was doing that I no longer wanted to do. And then I just got together around the table with my team and said, look, guys, these are the things that that I would love somebody else to take on. Do any of these things interest you? And I had a teacher take on my Ambassadors of Dance program, which is for my teacher trainees. I had another teacher take on my social media. I had another teacher take on the cleaning of the studio and the the organising of the contractors for that. And even just those little things getting off my plate was a huge weight off my shoulders. So you do already have an incredible team of people around you and everybody has different skill sets. So you want to really harness those and if people are happy to do a couple of extra hours and make extra money, then that's a bonus. And my guess is that it also builds a new kind of camaraderie, a new kind of, um, they have skin in the game when it comes to the success of the studio. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head because all of a sudden it's not just about them teaching their classes. It's also a bit about them acquiring new students. It's also about them having pride in the space that we're in. It's about them, you know, being a role model for the next generation of kids that are coming through. It's It really gives everybody a greater um, sense of purpose and really unifies the team as well. So if you're rolling your eyes as you're driving down the street listening to this podcast thinking, I, I have to do all the things in my business, I can't possibly delegate anything, there are a lot of benefits in addition to your own mental and social and emotional well-being that, that can come from you actually finding out what those things are that need to be on your stop doing list and giving them to somebody else. Yeah, so uh, I was uh, thinking about this in my head. If you feel that you can't delegate, then 
I would imagine if you thought really hard, you'd also realize that you're stuck in the same place. Mm. And you will remain in that place until you're willing to delegate because you have now hit a roadblock without delegating. You cannot go any more or any further. Yep. Because you just can't. You're stuck. So if you're somebody who's listening uh, and you say, oh, I can't delegate, but you want to grow or you feel like there hasn't been change, I'm saying uh, before you get home and shut that car up, think about somebody you're going to delegate one job to. Mm. And Brene Brown always talks about innovation and vulnerability being hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. And some of you might be hesitant to want to delegate things to other people because that would mean that you would have to be vulnerable in that moment. You would have to say, hey, guys, I'm not okay. I'm not handling this workload. I can't do it all myself. And for some of us, that's a bit scary. But you can't have innovation without vulnerability. So in order to give yourself that time to be able to create new things and to be able to grow your business, you need to be vulnerable with your team and say, I'm, I'm going to need someone to help me out here. I don't have all the answers. I don't, I can't do everything myself. And that vulnerability will not only take a weight off your shoulders, it will also unify your team and, and rally the, those team members that you have behind you. So it's going to take a bit of bravery and a bit of courage, but I completely encourage you to step out of your comfort zone and, and make a big change for your future. I agree with you 100%. If uh, there's something I learned in this podcast with you today, I just wrote it down, the not-to-do list. I hope everybody here got that valuable thought and is going to create that list because I'm going to work on that myself. Thank you so much, Stacey. Pleasure. You should make a stop-doing list every couple of months. And then move those things to the side. Move those things along. I hope that all of the idea members that are listening will be starting a stop doing list as well. Of course, today's episode has been brought to you by IDEA, the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association. You can find out more information at ideadance.org. And head into this next week or these next couple months thinking about how you can delegate and make yourself the creative genius that's going to help to make this business expand. And like Stacy brought up, also give you the time you need to nourish yourself. And while you're doing all of that, enjoy the journey. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 